the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And when we start reaping what we've sown, it causes us to face reality. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're picking up from where we left off last time in Genesis 32. This is like part two of a message. We were looking in the first part where Jacob in the Old Testament wanted to get away from his wicked father-in-law who had taken advantage of them for over 20 years. And he finally says, I'm done. I'm out of here. And he had a vision with the Lord and, and seen some angels. And, and, and God said, go home. Just I want you to go home. You remember the reason he left home in the first place some 20 plus years earlier was because he deceived his brother out of his birthright. He deceived his own father, Isaac, out of the family blessing. And so his brother Esau was so mad at him, wanted to kill him. That's why he left in the first place. So then he went back to his mother Rebecca's uh, family and her brother Laban, and he was a bigger conniver and deceiver than Jacob was. And so he ripped him off for over two decades of him working for basically free, set up his two daughters and made Jacob marry two daughters where Jacob only wanted one daughter. And I mean, his life was a mess because of his father-in-law. So he's finally like, I'm out of here. But he's not leaving empty handed because in the last few years, God gave him a vision of speckled and spotted sheep. And so when his father-in-law said, okay, name your wages, I'll pay you whatever you want now. Since I basically got free labor out of you for 20 years, I'll go ahead and pay you now. And Jacob said, keep your money. Just give me every animal that's speckled and spotted. Well, when Laban looked over the, you know, all of his flocks, there was only a handful. He said, sure, you can have that. But from that point on, every one that was born was speckled and spotted because God gave him the insight. So now he's got all kinds of animals and everything. So he's going home. God told him to go home. So he's headed home. And now he's worried about his brother Esau. So he sent out groups of people with, you know, with, you know, trying to figure out what his brother, where his heart's at. And they came back and he said, oh, no, your brother, he knows you're, you're coming back and he's coming with 400 men. Wow. So getting back to our text, Jacob was blessed and encouraged by the angels. That is until he got the bad news. And know this, and we all know this, right? Listening on the radio now. There's always going to be bad news. No matter how good things are going in life, bad news is always lurking in the shadows. Its desire is to steal our peace and leave us filled with nothing but fear, emptiness, and total heartache. It's kind of like this whole COVID thing. You know, here we are in February already. Did you think, you know, last March, like a year ago, when we had the first lockdown, that we'd still be locked down now? 
But look at all the fear that's happened in this last year. I think about Oswald Chambers when he said this. He says, those who fear God fear nothing else. But those who do not fear God fear everything else. And I have to say, with all this COVID stuff, you know what? I haven't feared it at all because I fear God. And I just know that my life's secure in his hands. I wonder if you could say the same. Well, verse 6 said that Esau is coming with 400 men. And again, as you remember, when Jacob left home, it was because his mother overheard Esau's plan to kill his brother Jacob. And when we start reaping what we've sown, it causes us to face reality. And that's exactly what's happening to Jacob. He realizes, you know what? It was all my fault. So he falls on his face before God in chapter 32, verse 9 and 10. Notice he calls the God, he calls God the God of his father, his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. It appears that he doesn't even consider God his own God. Now, why is that? Because of his own sin, and it was ever before him. He said in verse 10, I am not worthy of your love. He acknowledges God's faithfulness, yet he has not been as faithful himself. And isn't that true in the same for us? For there are times when we're faithful, aren't we? I mean, aren't you faithful at times? But then there's many more times that we're not faithful. See, Jacob said, when I came to this country, I had nothing but my staff, and now I'm returning with great herds and riches. But yet now, fear is engulfing his heart. Because he knows he's guilty. Understand, how we live our lives and what we do and how we carry ourselves today, it matters. It matters. Because it'll all come back on us another day. You know, we'll still reap what we sow. I wonder if there's anything you might be toying with right now. I'm talking to you. Let's listen in on the radio right now. Are you toying with something right now you shouldn't be toying with? Are you toying with something, some sin, something in your life that could come back and sting you later? If you are, let me just give you a word of advice. Give it up. Now. Give it up. Stop it. Turn away from that thing. Abandon that area. And if you truly repent, God could be gracious to you and minimize the pain of the payback. Only God can change what you will reap from what you're sowing right now. And true repentance is the only way to see that happen. So Jacob says in verse 11, oh God, deliver me. Which brings up this other thought, when fear moves. Let's read what it says in Genesis 32, 13. Well, hey, look, if you're driving in your car, I'll read it. You drive. Anyway, he says this. So he spent the night there, and then he selected from what he had with a present for his brother Esau. He's trying to butter him up. He sends him 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their colts, their babies with them, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. And he delivered them into the hand of his servants. And he, uh, and he drove by himself. He says, I want everyone to go in droves here. And he said to his servants, pass on before me and put space between the droves. And so he commanded, you know, go to when my brother Esau meets you. And he asked, saying, you know, to whom do, do you belong? And, and where are you going? And who are these animals that belong to? Who, 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 whose are they? And he says, 
Uh, you shall say, well, they belong to your servant Jacob as a present to my Lord Esau. Oh, man, he is buttering this thing up. Now, notice Jacob had fallen on his face before God. He seems to repent. He pleaded his case. Oh, God, I'm going back like you called me to go back. And I know I've sinned. I know I deceived my father. I know I deceived my brother Esau. Help me. I fear Esau. I think he's going to kill me. Yes, he seemed to cast his problem on the Lord, did he not? Yet he gets up from his prayer and goes about trying to fix the problem with all of these gifts. See, how many times do we do that? It's like, you know, we pray, oh, Lord, I cast my cares upon you. Here, Lord, I give all this to you. And then we get up from our prayer time and we pick all the burden back up and we pick the problem back up and we start worrying about it all over again. See, he's trying to bribe his brother's affections here. See, you know, it's like, you know, I don't know for sure here, but Jacob has always been trying to fix his own mistakes. First, he ran to Laban, who took advantage of him for almost two decades. Now he's going to butter up Esau. I hope Jacob hasn't forgotten that God is his refuge. The Lord is his strength. The Lord is his stronghold. And the same again goes for us. We can seek the Lord's face. We can repent. Then we can turn right around and try to fix our own problems. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now. You're trying to fix your own problem. Oh, you've prayed about it. But then you're like, you're trying to fix it. Wait, I thought you're seeking the Lord to fix it. Who's fixing it here? You or the Lord? See, let's not forget that God had already turned Laban back from harming Jacob. You know, God spoke to Laban in a dream. Do not lay a finger on Jacob or I will kill you. (laughs) It's like, but now Jacob is doing what many of us do again. He's going to help God out. So he plans on sending Esau multiple gifts by the droves. He plans on sending five gifts in all. The first gift is 200 female goats and two and 20 male goats. And two, the second was 200 sheep and, and 20 rams. And the third is 30 uh, milking camels with 30 babies. And the fourth is 40 cows and 10 bulls, you know. And the fifth is 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Wow. Man, that's a total of 580 animals. I mean, that's how people were known by their riches back then, by how many animals they owned. Man, Jacob is just blessed beyond measure. So now he's sending almost 600 animals. It's just a portion of how God blessed Jacob. So now Jacob has his plan in place, but he's still not at rest. He can't sleep that night. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that you're really afraid of those around you. You know, Psalm chapter 7, verse 1 says, O Lord, my God, In you I have taken refuge. Save me from all those who pursue me and deliver me. Boy, maybe you need to write that verse down. Maybe you're listening right now and you're sinking in the game of life. You know, you haven't hung well of this whole COVID thing. And man, you're just sinking in life. You're just tired of hanging on. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 69, verse 14, he says, deliver me from my mire and do not let me sink. May I be delivered from my foes and from the deep waters. Maybe you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm sinking in quicksand. You know, I told someone one time, I go, man, I just feel like I'm, I'm sinking in quicksand. They said, hey, there's no quicksand in Southern California. I go, well, great. Congratulate me because I found it. Okay, it's like I'm sinking here. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you wonder, will I really make it to heaven? 
Or if there's anyone listening right now, and you don't even know that you know that you're going to heaven. Second Timothy 4.18 says, The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed, and He will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow. Well, getting back to Jacob's sleepless night, now, when you think it can't get any worse, it gets worse. So Jacob separated from all of his wives and his herds and his servants and his money, and he's kind of by himself. He's been praying, and now he's all by himself, and some stranger walks in the camp. Isn't that a little creepy? It's the middle of the night. Who the heck are you? Where, where did you come from? And he starts to wrestle with this guy. Great. I'm all by myself, and I got, I'm, I'm starting to wrestle with this guy. Well, let's read what happens here. It's when the loser wins. Genesis 32 verse 24 says, Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched him in the socket. This is the man touches his socket of his thigh. So so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked and said, well, please tell me your name. Who are you? But he said, why is it that you ask me my name? And he blessed them there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. For he said, I have seen God face to face yet my life has been preserved. Wow, this is what's called a theophany. This is a pre-existing time of Jesus being seen and wrestling here with Jacob. Wow. See, this is why at Core Church Los Angeles, we read the text. We say, like, what? Like, who would think that we got this book, Genesis, the first book of the Bible, that it would be relevant to us today? Oh, it is so relevant that's why we do expository Bible teaching. Listen, if you're not plugged in with the church and you live in Southern California, let me ask you a question. Are you growing in your relationship with Christ? Pretty straightforward. Hey, in the last 12 months, COVID, are you growing? Have you stayed home? Are you drying up? Are you dead inside? Why don't you come to church? We've got two morning services, one at 8.30 a.m. and one at 10.30 a.m. We even have a 6.30 p.m. service. Hey, no more excuses. You know, things are opening up here in SoCal. Did you get that? Why don't you come to church? It's like we're on the intersection of the 10 freeway in La Cienega. Why don't you come to church? Did you just say that? Yeah, I'm repeating it. Do I sound like a broken record? Yeah, come to church. Do you know what church means? It comes from the Greek word ekklesia. It means the assembling together. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. Why don't you come to church? Why don't you get ministered to? Why don't you allow the word of God to flow in your heart and your life? You know, if you're in Southern California, drive. You're 45 minutes away. So what? Drive. Get in your car. Put some gas in. Come to church. You know, I want to see you there. Hey, maybe you're on the East Coast, so it's, it's a little farther drive. It's like 3,000 miles. <laughs> but if you're on one of our 19 stations back there, why don't you, you know, watch our live stream service? It's at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 6.30 p.m., but you're three hours ahead, so that would be 11.30, you know, in the morning and one thirty 
in the afternoon and 9.30 at night. But you can still watch our live stream. At the very least, you can go to the App Store and download our free app. And if you are listening and watching and you are being ministered to, why don't you consider actually supporting our ministry? Listen, if you're going to a church, your first deeds are to give your tithes and offering to the church that you're going to. But offerings after that, uh, you can help support us, you know, and a lot of people supporting in a little way, it all adds up. But anyway, if not, if you can't afford that, then you know what, just listen and be blessed. But anyway, getting back here to our text, the first time Jacob dealt with God was back in chapter 28 of Genesis. He had a dream of a ladder, and it seemed to change Jacob's heart. He believed and called that place Bethel. In the Hebrew, that means house of God. But yet now, He wrestles with an angel, but obviously this is no ordinary angel. This is the Lord himself. And that's why Jacob called that place Peniel, and the Hebrew means the face of God. Now, 20 years had passed between those two events at Bethel and Peniel, but not much has changed in Jacob's heart. Notice the Lord asked Jacob his name. It's almost like God wanted Jacob to say it himself. I want you to tell me, it's like God was saying to him, who you really are and what you have become in life. For his name was Jacob, and that means heel catcher, deceiver. See, Jacob had to admit, this is what I have become. I am a deceiver all these years in life. But yet now, yet now God changes his name to Israel, God's fighter. Or he who struggles or strives with God. But notice he said that he prevailed. Notice the point here is this. Jacob is to no longer struggle. For that's all he's done all his life. He has struggled with his brother Esau for his birthright. He struggled with his father Isaac for the family blessing. He struggled with his father-in-law, Laban, for over two decades. He struggled with Rachel and Leah and all of the jealousies in those two wives. And unfortunately, Jacob has struggled against God. I wonder, how long will it take us, you and me, how long will it take you listening on the radio today to get to the place where we stop struggling with God? How long until we stop striving and rebelling against him? Do you see how God allowed Jacob to prevail against him all night long? Do you really think Jacob was overpowering God? Of course not. But I wonder how much God delights when we struggle all night long in prayer with him. Where we, like Jacob, would say, I am not letting you go. Lord, I am not leaving this time of prayer until you bless me. I wonder, where was the last time? When was the last time that you have really got on your face with God and said, I am not leaving you, Lord, until I know what you want me to do in my life, until I have clear direction from you. Until I have your will clear in my mind. Because you're like, look, are you happy right now? Are you where you're supposed to be? You know, do you have some little fantasy island that, you know, you're going to, you know, what you're going to do when you win the big lotto back east or whatever and, you know, win, you know, $700, $800 million? Listen, it's probably not going to happen. At what point will you stop following your own personal plans and say, God, what would you have for my life? 
enough of me, enough of the unholy trinity of me, myself, and I. If we would have been there and we looked at Jacob the next morning, what would we have seen? We would have seen an injured man. We would have seen him limping because God put his, his, his hip out of socket. We would have said, oh, poor Jacob, who's wrestling with God and he lost. You know, like many of us look at ourselves in the midst of our difficulties and our hardships in life, and what do we say? Oh, poor me. Look at my life. Look at what happened with me. Yet if we would have looked into Jacob's eyes as he wrestled with God all night long, what would we have really saw? We would have seen a changed man. His limp was a sign of his rebellion, yet his eyes would have glowed with the glory of being in the presence of God. When will we get to the end of ourselves? And like Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me, Lord. All of God's plans, all of his purposes for Jacob were all waiting for that day when Jacob would just come to the end of himself. No more schemes. No more deceiving. No more deception. No more following his own plans. No more getting his own way by trying to manipulate the situation around him. The loser finally won. God was simply looking for surrender. I wonder how many of you that are listening right now, that God would say to you, when will you surrender? When would you turn it over to me? When would you throw up the white flag of surrender? When would you just say, I'm done? God, I'm sorry. I want your will in my life. When will you surrender to the Lord? Listen, maybe this would be a good time to start. Maybe this would be a time where you could just say, you know, Lord, I'm done. You know, it's like, God, I've been doing it my way for so long. You know, I'm kind of sick and tired of having my own free will and doing my own free thing. Boy, you've just done so many things. It's like people going through a divorce. It's like, you know, I don't like this person. I don't love them anymore. I'm done with them. It's over. Irreconcilable differences. Oh, really? Let me give you the definition of irreconcilable differences. It means I give up. I don't want to work on it anymore. That's what it means. Maybe you have irreconcilable differences with all kinds of aspects of life. It just means you're just, you don't want to fight anymore. The Bible says without a vision, my people perish. Are you perishing? Have you lost the fight? It's time to get back with the Lord. If you want to get back with the Lord, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you walked away. I don't care how dark the valley is. I don't care how deep your hole is. I don't care what quicksand that you found wherever you're at. You pray this prayer and mean it, and God will hear you. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Lord, I want to be who you want me to be. I believe you died for me. I believe you came to this earth. You allowed wicked men to crucify you. But I believe you rose again victorious. Lord, come in my life. Take charge of my life. Take all of me. Make me a new person. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. 
Be my friend. I give you everything. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man or woman be in Christ, they become a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Wow. It's all new. It's fresh. Listen, I want to help you and encourage you. If you, I want to send you a Bible. You say, man, I got 10 Bibles at home, Pastor. Someone else says, I got eight. Another person says, they have 20. But this one has all kinds of notes in the first 50 pages that says kind of how to put one foot in front of the other, kind of like discipleship to become a real student of the Lord. And it'll help you and encourage you. You can call me at 323-807-3255, or you can email me at Bible at corechurchla.com. That's pretty easy. Bible at corechurchla.com. Email me your name and address. We'll mail you one. Hey, may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 